Hi and welcome to RP Geeks, where we do Dungeons and Dragons and Science set in the sci-fi world of Praxigantu. Praxigantu. We are four science communicators who love to play D&D and talk about the science behind the sci-fi concepts that come up in the game. We'll get to that in a minute. Firstly, some introductions. Hello, my name is Sharmini. I use mostly she, her pronouns. I'm a science video producer and a very bad plant parent. This is my dying plant. It's very ill. Does it look dead? It looks fine. Wow, oh, oh. Can you see? It's like... It looks there. in rude health. Got... Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, no. Okay, bath the podcast. Bath the podcast. Everyone staring at a plant. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking this at a plant. Content. It's green. It looks, it looks fine. Not that dead. I know my plant. Savable. Emily Bates. Hello, I'm Emily Bates. I also am a very bad plant parent. Uh, yeah. I did fully kill my peace lily. It happened. I f- it fully died. I repotted it in an attempt to save it, and the roots had just rotted away. So um, yeah, it's gone. It's dead. Rip lily. 2022. 2021 to 2022. <laughs> You hugging that um, plant, Simon? Is that a piece, Lily? I swear to God, plant. I will throw it on the floor. <laughs> yes, it is. Mine was much bigger and then died. <laughs> I was just oh. double checking it for any uh, if it was waterlogged. It's definitely uh, water just fine. It's been a yeah, little bit. That's perfect. Over the course of, uh, I think, us going on a honeymoon, it got a little dried out, but it's dried all right. out is better than too better, wet right? for piece, Lily. Yeah. Dry. Simon, introduce yourself. Hello, I my name is Simon, and I'm an adequate plant daddy. Uh, oh, I, I daddy's plant daddy. Not Simon. start the daddy Simon again. That was <laughs> oh, I regret, I regret this yeah. already. Um, uh, yeah. I, I use he him pronouns, and I make sciencey things uh, such as videos on the interwebs, and a book, and a podcast, and a D and D show with three of my favourite people. I've heard of them. I also do a show called the RP Geeks, and oh. we stream. Oh. I'm leaving. <laughs> And um, one of those people is, of course, Ali Jennings. Uh, hey, 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 Simon. Nice to hear from you. Um, yeah, uh, I'm a plant. I'm more of a plant, like, I'm a plant mummy. Like, oh. my, my, you know, beautiful wife the plant in, daddy. She, she's the plant daddy, and I'm just the plant. And I, anyway, um, really so. Assigning gender roles to parenting styles. Is that of plants. Of plants. What's happening here? I don't think so. I think Ali's just being Ali. <laughs> what is it about Ali that makes it Ali has a very specific energy and I've been sending memes <laughs> to our group but there is a very specific Ali Jennings it's energy that sometimes a appears. Lot of the time, right? It's, it's like bemused but then very excited. Yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what's going on. It's a good on, energy. On it's it. a really yeah. good it's... energy. You're like a puppy. It's really like endearing. Yeah. <laughs> I get that a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And... <laughs> You're a dog. I'm a dog. Uh, it's a dog something. Yes. He, him, and DM. Oh, no, wait. And My pronouns are DM. <laughs> My pronouns are DNM, and I make science videos as well. Okay. Refresh. So, the first thing we do on the show is the DMD brief. This is where we debrief the DMD, and specifically oh. some of the sciencey, sciencey yes. things that have come up. Um, and today, I believe we have it's Emily Bates. It's Yay! me. D and D Let's what go. What did you What did you pick? I picked the spell I have been using since day one of this campaign, and always going. It just uh, just uh, it just happens. It's fine. <laughs> which is guidance. It's not a spell technically. It's cantrip actually. But um, I so I want to look into guidance because basically I've just been casting this spell 
and being like, I really believe in you and I really I really think you can do this. And then therefore giving my companions a D4 to add to their ability checks. And I wanted to see if really this like power of friendship had yes. any science backing <laughs> to it whatsoever. It does feel like having a trusted friend by your yeah. side saying, Surely. I think you can do this thing should give you a little, little boost. I feel like the probability cool. distribution should change over time as you get closer friends, though. Like, well, if I first met you for the first time ever, and you're like, I believe in you, I'm like, great, I feel fantastic about this. You but there's probably that, a coefficient Uriel's of charm in there. Yeah. Well, okay, in Uriel's case, it's a little different, I suppose. Yeah. But and if I'd been giving Uriel guidance, it would not have worked. <laughs> yes. So, it, um, so to Is begin with... Is the power friendship real? Please say yeah, yes. Yeah, basically. I, wanted to, I was like, has there actually been any actual scientific research done on friendship and for a really long time it was not studied seriously at all by biologists because it's really difficult to measure and it's quite hard to define like and mm. that's basically the principles of science right you can measure it and you can define it and therefore you find a thing out and so you needed to measure something in order to make any kind of statement but people have found ways they've done some research and I think it is not pretty unsurprising, but it's been shown that friends do have a positive impact like on our health and well-being. Yeah. Now, we'll get to like more like minute I believe in you stuff later on, but we've basically evolved to kind of rely on our friends and there's sort of these like strong social ties that they're associated with like lower risks of dementia, um lower blood pressure, longer life expectancy. There was a review done uh, that looked like back on a hundred years of whatever friendship studies had been done. Um, and they found that a healthy social life could boost longevity by as much as 50%. Um, and it just sort of all comes down to like being good for long-term survival. In fact, as good as lo for long-term survival, apparently as giving up 15 cigarette a day smoking habit, having, having just wow. good, good friends. And apparently maybe more important than exercising or beating obesity. So you can be a fat slob, but if people love you, you'll you'll still live a little bit longer. So that's nice, you know. I I'm happy about it. <laughs> question, Bates, Question. Yeah, yeah. Um. Do parasocial relationships have the same oh, impact no. as I real relationships? Did not look into parasocial relationships. Um. That might be a good one for Google. But like. Oh, I don't know. I feel like if you were a person who really identified with a bunch of YouTubers or Twitch streamers or people that play D&D online and, you know, you felt like you were really good friends with them, would that have the same health benefits as well, knowing people and to... it being a two direct, bi-directional relationship? It, it, I, I wonder how much of the, of the benefits is like, um, I feel happy and like, I feel good. How much of the benefits is like, that person's going to drive me to hospital when I get shot in the foot. Ah, uh, so okay, so I did look not, into that. Not but... exactly that explicitly, but there are there are practical. That's benefits, very specific but... application. You've got <laughs> in mind, Charlie. Are you okay? <laughs> Living in a community has practical benefits. Like you know, they'll lend me some milk or yeah. or shoot, if I shoot myself. <laughs> I've shot myself. The but then you say that. Oh, but like on the internet, if someone needs something, often like strangers like oh, come together, true. and particularly if they are a person who has strong parasocial relationships, they do come together to like you know help that person. So maybe it's not as simple as I would well, be we surprised. live in the same city yeah yeah oh yeah how much but how much of the variance can you explain by basically just like practical things that people do for you versus how you physically feel on the inside right so we'll come to sort of the chemicals and things like that and there is one particular chemical which is mainly associated with sort of so hang on if someone. you're like if you're a real ass 
um, but you're so arrogant that you like think, oh yeah, I've got loads of friends. Then do you get the same benefits? Ooh. You think you've I got don't... loads of friends, but they're all just putting up with you. But then, but it doesn't matter because you're going to live longer. So it's also, like yes. everyone's thinking, like, oh god, my yeah, friends. Yeah, just look at all the people in my uh, office. I, I, I look. I tell you what, it hasn't. It's all just everything I've read has been people saying, I would say I have five Aww. close personal friends and like a wider group of X many. So also. it doesn't ever say that they didn't check those friendships to see if they're reciprocated. So maybe it is just how you feel on the inside. What are you gonna say? Sorry, because I guess like because hugging and stuff like the sort of physical mm. acts that you do when you're with friends release stuff. So like that oxytocin. Who's going to do that a little bit later? But let's do it now because that's the major one, really. So basically, and it all comes down to evolution. Because if you think about it, time spent socializing with friends from an evolutionary perspective could actually be spent like preparing food, like going hunting or having sex or sleeping or doing other like useful things for survival. So it, there must be some positive effect for, to friendship. Otherwise, evolution would have been like this is useless. All these I people like who chat to people all the time, they keep dying. Um, <laughs> I like the implication that like like the more sex you have in a day like the better it is for like survival like you just got to keep going That's right? true. I like it the implication that it increases like chatting I'll live forever that's your face you did it yeah. you've done it it's captured now I meant more survival of the species it's the, species sm when it comes it's the smile sure. <laughs> the no. peace with himself smile <laughs> yeah listeners at home uh <laughs> <laughs> Ali has just done sort of Mark Hamill as the Joker-esque kind of smile. You were doing it too. Let's not make this about me. Let's not make this about me. Okay, cool. More sex is more life. Cool. Sex is great, even, but even, sex is friendship is better. Whether we're talking about friendship. Can, couldn't it be so. both? Come on now, guys. Well, that's, that's not you know, just... friendship. Ali, we've had this conversation. Probably you know, better. we're not interested. In we can have it again. We're anyway. friends. That's what we do. We talk <laughs> about stuff. So yeah, look off camera, Simon. No, I just thought like my wife, happen. and I just when she heard me basically shout, "More sex is more life." <laughs> just wanted to see if that is my imagination or not. <laughs> more sex is more wife. Just at, no, your, at the door, being like Simon. <laughs> yeah. If she if she can hear me, she absolutely is now just going to come around the side. <laughs> Go carry on as you were. Uh, sorry, what was I saying? Yeah, so basically, it makes sense that there must be a positive. Uh, effect on us otherwise evolution would have just got rid of friendship and been like you don't need to talk to other people it's useless go away um so it's, but instead it's reinforced it in the way that evolution loves to do happy chemicals yeah Aww. you did a thing we like this do it again have some drugs 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 drugs, 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 drugs i love you drugs, drugs. no drugs brain drugs no, no. <laughs> not not oh god like your own drugs your own you're made up made in your brain drugs so uh, oxytocin is the like the cuddle hormone the like well i mean it, it i think you get your first dose of oxytocin um during when you i think it's lactation i think is when breastfeeding it's breast, 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 i believe is when the first like big dose comes to the child but is that right i think that's right to everyone everyone involved gets a hit Ali, don't sound so happy and like smiley about that. It's just it makes people happy. But if you release it in loads of like physical contact situations, so like hugs, even just like light touches, if you get a massage, you know, they find increases in oxytocin. So it's just like a pleasant 
creates this like pleasant feeling and it's your reward from like an interaction that encourages you to see that person again simon what no it's what? just the fact uh, for people at podcast listeners ali has just reclined in his seat <laughs> which is like a, a wing back armchair that is in front of a green screen and it's just watching him laughing at himself like he's just so happy it's like he's imagining watching someone breastfeeding he's full of oxytocin <laughs> And he's just does, sat is back there a, like, smiling to himself. Say what oxytocin does. Oxytocin in oxytocin encourages you to like see that person again. It's the idea is like have a little treat, go do that again. It was nice, um, but it does something else that I thought was really interesting. It promotes pro-social decisions and feelings of trust, which I guess makes sense. So it encourages you to do things that benefit the group as a whole rather than just yourself. If you've got like a high level of oxytocin at that time which makes it almost kind of malicious if that's what infinity's doing every time she's like being like i believe in you go do a thing that will benefit me and i don't want that to be a thing but i was like oh no that sounds really like dark and horrible um but the, what's the, an does anyone know what the other big chemical associated with friendship is in your brain serotonin mm -hmm. not the boring one is it it's dopamine it's well, it's endorphins in general. So, oh, it's endorphins. Uh, so it's slightly different to dopamine. But um, I, I, what is the difference between dopamine and endorphins? Because they have like the same effect, right? They're different chemicals which do different things. Do they? Uh, yeah. Um, Are you about to start talking about proteins? Because my brain is about to. <laughs> <laughs> no. Chemicals. This one goes out to Alex, everyone. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is no, no. Endorphins, as I understand it, are. Uh, they're about pleasure, whereas dopamine's about reward. Right. Which is okay. A okay. Different okay. Thing. okay. So okay. So again, it's pleasure, right? It's, it, so oxytocin mm. is sort of pleasure, endorphins, pleasure. So friend, friendships just generally quite pleasurable, which is nice. And there's one big name everywhere I was looking into this, like any friendship research, he just came up again and again. And I've actually met him, and he's really nice. Hey, I wouldn't call him a friend, but there you go. Uh, is Robin Dunbar? <laughs> Um, yeah, oh, I know that. Yeah. Do you order Robin Dunbar? He's great. He's, he's got, so lovely. He's got Dunbar's number. That's where you're going with this. That is exactly where I'm going with this. What do you do? You know what Dunbar's yeah. number is, Charms? Oh, seven eight five. I think I've got it in my phone, but I won't. I won't read out his mobile number. Well, um, so it's so it's supposed to be the number of of proper like real social connections that you can maintain in your life, where you kind of know uh, what's going on in someone's life, right? Yeah. Right. Do you know what the number is? 33. No, more. Three. 50. One 50. RP geek. Well, sorry. 100. So there's, there's a, you have a social group <laughs> yeah. size, which is the wider <laughs> one, which is people that you can kind of keep in your life and maintain some kind of viable relationship with is 150. Um, but then that comes down and down and down and it ends up being with your like close circle. And I want to say it's five, but I can't see the number. Uh, Yes, your intimate circle is around five people, and they're your five, often family, um, or and, and partners always tend to fall, well, normally tend to fall in that circle, and then like very, very close friends. But five is the number that they think it's possible to sort of maintain that real intimate connection with. I wow. don't know if you, uh, this might be a weird question, but right, okay. do children count as friends? Your chillins? Oh, that's such a good question. I for for the purposes of that, you, they should, right? Because there's someone you've so. got an intimate, intimate connection with. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, they're a fun, they're a very different kind of relationship, mm, right? Yeah. Do children count as people, Ali? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess it's, it's interesting when you look at like parasocial again, right? Because you know <gasps> the ultimate mm. parasocial relationship. You, you can, so humans can bond um, with what's called a supergroup. 
which can be thousands ABBA. of people with, with traveling wilburys. Yes, everyone can bond with ABBA. That, they're the they're the exception. They I'm can be everyone's intimate connection. They're super troopers, um, those guys. Aww, that's good. Um, but so yeah, it can be thousands, but it's 150 in our like personal social network. And that was it. All sort of came out around the time of Facebook being like, who can have the most friends? It was mm. back in back in those days. And then that came out, and loads of people were culling their friends to just. I went on Facebook the other day, and I have like a thousand friends. I don't have a thousand. I think friends. I've got about. That's a, a lie. And it's like I, I've probably met some of. I've, I've met most of the people on my Facebook. I never really had people I haven't met. Mm. But yeah, but you had people you've met once. Exactly. You? Like, like I met yeah. them once at, in a lecture at uni, and was like, "Wow, we're gonna be friends." And it's what like, does... no, cool. That's it. I remember that this is going to date me massively, but the days before Facebook of Bebo, uh, when you had Bebo. a very similar social network, but you had like your top friend of the day that you could pick every day that you gave someone like a heart to. Ooh. And it was like, that was like a social engineering project oh, I, in itself. I, 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 then someone must have done research into the Bebo like heart giving thing. because mm. oh, What's God, the half-life oh. of being picked, you know, like, you know, the separation. And you and like MySpace had its top friends, and you could shuffle your top friends list around. I remember that being a big deal. And uh, oh god, it was so. Social networks were actually more socially exploitative before. If anything, like from I don't know, like two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine onwards, they've they dialed it back, and it's still like a hellhole. I mean, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so just replaced... but it's a different. It's a different thing now, right? It's not because. I also was on Facebook the other day looking at like old albums from the days when you took your digital camera out and you mm. put up every picture that you took and you didn't care what those pictures are or how bad they were of you and your friends. And now everything's just like pretty shiny Instagrams. And honestly, some of those awful pictures, they're like some, they're brilliant. They're really That's good. because we grow up without access to a camera and then you'd get like those like mm. wind up like instant cameras that you'd be allowed to take out and do what yeah. you want with and you go wild and take terrible photos yeah. and then, like your parents would be like the cost to get these developed you know are actually quite expensive so if you can not waste you your thumb over half of them and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah and then you know you get your first smartphone and you're just like i can take photos so, of everything answer in progress that have interesting video recently about this and how how you take photos alters your ability to remember and I only remember things that I've taken photos of. Like what? my memory is very. But but there's a difference between bad. taking things digitally and taking yeah. things physically because they make the argument that if you take pictures with a physical camera and you have to go and take it to be developed and then you have a physical yeah. print that you look at, it's like a yeah. form of spaced repetition. So you're being it's reminded of events and people over oh, of the memory itself. Out. Yeah, but yeah. also the fact that you, if you have something in your pocket that makes a picture um so cheap in terms of like investment mm. of time and money is to be worthless mm. like why bother remembering things when you can take pictures of everything like oh, for example when i'm on trips now when i leave a hotel to like go out for a dinner or whatever i'll take a picture of my room number in just in case i forget it but it, it means that now i've gotten worse at remembering what my room number is yeah. so there's a really interesting piece of research um which said that basically um because of google maps right we, uh, no, no, sorry, this isn't just Google Maps. Basically says any kind of information, we no longer we remember pieces of information themselves. We now remember how to find those pieces yeah. of information. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, you learn how to get to somewhere in Wikipedia and then you read yeah. the information off. And that sounds like that's exactly what's happened with Charmity, where you're like, I know how to access a photo, but I couldn't access the memory yeah. without the mm. photo. I sometimes Google, oh, like city map or something, even though I know exactly how to get there. And if I thought about it for like 
five seconds. I yeah. wouldn't need to city mapper it, but I'm like, just check what city mapper says because that's where I go for that information mm. of how to get to a place. It's like the psychological version of um, specialism of labor. You know how like civilization <laughs> only became like yeah. a huge thing because people yeah. specialized into particular professions. Yeah. Now we're like, oh, I'll offsource, you know, the I'm navigation. And... What do you labor, do yeah. with that mental time, which you've you won? Use back. it to acquire more information, I guess. Do you though? Because I mean, you can't, you don't store it. You mean you use it to acquire the ability to know where other information is stored. Is that, so you have fucking, you know, where loads though? of stuff is stored. I don't know. I think it's also like, identifying patterns in pieces of information that you cut. Like I watch eight to ten YouTube videos a day, say, um, they may be on different topics, but like you, you pick up the things that you develop in, so that the the themes and the concepts that are common to those in different areas of science or gaming whatever it is and you have those ideas strengthened by having that plethora in a way that you just couldn't if you didn't you're looking the time. at you're looking at meta data yeah, basically about rather yeah. than the data itself which is what you would otherwise have remembered back in the mm. old days which does make a lot of sense like that systemic sense. data We've know, veered just... wildly haven't we um okay, friendship I'm, i'd be I'm gonna bring really back, interested to, to know to about friendship savers from well, the, yeah, I just want to a little bit more about his number because <laughs> it, it was oh, yeah, a little yeah, bit wishy-washy. Yeah. All the friendship stuff. I was reading it. And I was like, it's all just people going. I think we've got this many friends, and I think we can all have. And I was like, it's, this is nice. But they did it. They did a study. They took a group of people, and they asked them to group their friends and family into five categories based on how close they felt to different people. Then they shoved them shoved them in an fMRI, and they showed two people to them and asked them to say. Uh, which one they were closer to, but they only ever showed people who were in the same category that they, they so they'd put them yeah. in the same category. And <gasps> oh. when they contemplated people in their most intimate group, so the people that they said they yeah. were closest to, yeah. they activated regions of the brain that were uh, that are sort of implicated in processing your own mental state and the mental state of other people. Um, so that means that they're these friends are sort of so close that you're imagining them you're really thinking about their well-being alongside like how you think about your own well-being they become like a very intrinsic part of you when they talked about other friends they led it led to more activity in the areas of the brain which were involved in memory processing so they're just thinking about times with them rather than relating Aww. necessarily mm. to yeah. them yeah. and um it was quite a small study so it's not like amazing but it's it's interesting it was like enough of a statistical um difference to to make that so claim. i'm just so because if i understand it correctly basically what that's mm -hmm. saying is that um with the super close ones you're basically activating um areas of the brain which are for processing insights into your own yeah. like mental state as yeah. well right like executive function but, stuff yeah so is that because you spend a lot of time with those people so the memories you have are shared so you're actually thinking about your own what you were doing oh, while you're with them on. Or is it because so let's so I've got a very, very close friend who lives in America, right? I see him yeah. once every six months or something, right? So I don't have a lot of like, I, I spend a lot of time with this person, which would that activate? You know, because oh. I don't spend loads of time mm. with him. But would you say he's in your like most intimate circle? Like yeah, your probably. top five? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I feel like the, the implication is just the way you think of them is far more uh, almost empathetic towards them. You have a, a much more of a like a, a connection to them in that kind of sense where when they feel pain, you feel pain. And I think there's definitely been studies around that where like when people we're close to get hurt, we sort of, our brain goes off as if 
we'd been hurt if you're sort of really like close to that person um but i, I yeah i don't know it's an interesting one with the the distance i wonder if they correlated the... it against the your general levels of empathy whether if you're super empathic like more people fit into that category. yeah interesting. that's Maybe. interesting Oh, God, empathy like is all... so fascinating i mean it's everything is a little bit wishy-washy in the friendship mm, mm. world is what i've discovered but it's really it's, it is fascinating i mean i read loads more stuff snakes snakes think... everywhere oh there's another robin dunbar one he's, he's everywhere honestly if he's a fraud i don't think he is he's lovely no, but um no. honestly all the friendship stuff <laughs> everyone now is on whether they're a fraud or not but if all these scientists are wrong um no they did so they got um people to row in a boat either on their own or in pairs um, and measured their endorphin levels like before and after and they found that despite like the same amount of physical effort people who rode as like in a pair released more endorphins than those who rode on their own um, and they think one of the sort of major components of friendship is this like synchronicity between between the two people so like you know do you need to be in the same pl- place at the same time to maintain a relationship, it definitely helps, particularly in earlier stages and like developing the relationship. Um, and yeah, endorphins, so they seem to promote friendship by making this in sync thing feel good. So is, the, is, is, is it possible that the, it is different in person because of the oxytocin component? Is that what makes it different? They're putting it down to endorphins, but that would make it's interesting sense. that like everything that yeah. we're doing online like our conversation now online yeah. is obviously not what we've evolved to do like this right. is <laughs> this is not what evolution was really working with that's what we when it had us forming relationships <laughs> so i quite like this element that there are things that we can do like like having a conversation reading people's facial expressions that could work almost as well over yeah. a video and things like touch like putting my hand on your arm and just like that that contact that like is that we're sort of missing without without necessarily i think one of the the massive things you miss is like the body place so yeah yeah yeah, like it's very difficult like one eye contact contact. yes are are you looking i don't know where are you all looking i wonder if scent is part of this There's a big thing about scent. So there's a guy, well, there was the last time I looked at this, like a few years ago, right? There's a guy in Israel who his whole thing is basically like, when you shake hands with people, you leave your smell on their hand and then what you do is you 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 smell your hand right and next time you shake hands with someone see if you are just automatically you just the next few seconds you smell your hand like and his whole thing is that that is like and then he kind of goes into sort of various ways that you can tell how you feel about the person through that but. Every time I shake hands with someone, I'm like, am I going to smell it? I'm going to smell it. And I think I haven't smelled it. It's fine. Oh, my God, my hands are fine. Bates on stage at New Scientist Live. I'm absolutely doing this to you. Go on stage. Shake hands. Nice to meet you, Emily Bates. Or you just don't even shake hands. Just just go up to her and go, smell my hand. Smell my Just rub it in her face. Isn't this what you want? (laughs) This is what you asked for. (laughs) Perceive me. Oh, no. And that's the end of my career. That's what's going to happen at New Scientist Live, people. It's this weekend. Um... Watch me smush my palm into Emily Bates' face live. (laughs) To bring it to a close. Um... Guidance. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah guidance. the 1D4 sounds very reasonable when, when we put it, it in these it terms. Does. I think it does. And I think particularly with the, you know, the idea that 
oxytocin can release this feel good thing when you feel good you're always going to be better at doing stuff than if you're sad so i think i know I some artists may disagree with that this and therefore i'm allowed to carry on because i don't think it needs to be she's like injecting oxytocin and endorphins into anyone yeah, I, really I think like it really that, yeah. can just be what if we're smelling hey, she smushes her hand into someone's <laughs> face that's, <laughs> that's gassing resin mm. uh, oh i feel so much better <laughs> I can. guess the only thing you could argue is I obviously do use it on the two of you, but you can oh, also you could use it on anyone. On anyone. So why do they care? Why do they care? But is it just because Infinity's so great? She's very, yeah. she's Honestly, very lovely. People feel good. Like charm has to be a coefficient of how well that works. Like of any friendship, you're like because you can feel close to someone even when they're just a scumbag. You don't care That's about true. you because they're charming. That's so true. I wonder how that plays into it. Sometimes he has a charming, very but... low charisma score. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I feel like there's yeah. kinds of charmingness. Like some people, you're like, they're really charming, but I can feel the sort of danger. I can feel that they like, you know, I should be more charming. Several people, several people that fulfill that criteria. Mm -hmm. Me too. <laughs> Anyway, we'll name none of them. We'll name none of them. But new scientists live. Then you'll know. You asked um, me nicely. <laughs> well, thank you very you. much, Bates. I feel like that was a very that was a, that was a very fun D and D brief. Awesome. I'm glad the power of all, wins. We're all friends too. Oh, now we get one D four. I feel one. I give you all one D four by that D and D brief for a minute, as long as I maintain concentration. I believe in you. Here, smell my hand. Smell my hand. Smell my hand. Power of friendship, smell my hand. <laughs>6,000. He's doing it again. I know it's out my face. Everyone, he's like, <laughs> he is. He is. Look at him. Boy, it's kind of impressive. It's how fast. My God, it's incredible. Like, like, say something, Simon. It's like when squirrels like shove too much yeah. food in their cheeks, like really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Tell us about Infinity. Yeah, Infinity is a uh, terraforming robot who was sent to Praxagantu in order to terraform the planet for human habitation. And, well, it looks like she did a pretty good job, but now things are all a bit weird and uh, she doesn't really remember anything. And uh, now she has she has the feels, which she never had before, oh, which is interesting it. and sad. Uh, Simon, have you finished your apple? Yes. <laughs> Tell us about Yeriel. your character. What apple? <laughs> Uh, yeah, what apple? Uh, Yero is a character <laughs> that is absolutely <laughs> devoid of feels, obviously, would never yeah, have an emotion well here. Well um, Yero uses he, they yeah. pronouns and is in D&D terms a dwarven monk. Um, in our terms, is a cybernetically enhanced human who has, well, I'm trying to, I don't even know what the real world equivalent of this would be because this is a person who grew up on Martin's Bane, the orbiting shipyard. And that's orbiting. Uh, yes, because now it's not orbiting anymore. <laughs> it buried itself into the ground and, he, and they're currently working through its corpse uh and trying to re and has just reconnected mm. with some members of the same monkish order um but euro is not in a great place i mean he's in a great place because it's martin spain but just not emotionally um and uh the reason for that is a certain <laughs> mr ali jennings dr ali jennings i mean <laughs> good save um but you don't have to call me that you can call me fate weaver fate weaver Leave the fates of these three individuals together, where once they were separate, now they are intertwined, and we must follow to see what fate they come to. Roll the thing. That seems like quite an obvious place to do it. How is that? Oh my god, he's still doing it. That's unbelievable. No, 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 So, where were we? Uriel, Tenebris, and Infinity were delving deep into the crashed space station of Martinsbane, searching for clues to the energy pulses that are threatening this planet of Braxigantu. Led by Uriel, the part machine monk who worked on this station, and with their shit. new cyborg companion, Sahakriel, they've reached a massive laboratory storage room filled with glass spheres hanging like strings of pearls from the ceiling, all of which contain strange objects and creatures. Blocking their way to the central core of Martinsbane, they now find a group of armada soldiers, genetically enhanced humans, orcs. And so we find our party in a large square room. You are on the side of the room which has the exit that you are looking for, but you are all the way over to the left side of that room. In the center, you see four figures. You believe them to be orcs. These super soldiers, genetically modified to be stronger, tougher, more powerful than your average human. 
used by the Armada in theory never on a human planet, but here they are. Four of them stand guard around the ladder that you must climb to continue your journey. What would you like to do? I believe we're <clears throat> all passed without trace at the moment. Mm, your scores from last time still stand. Your stealth scores. I don't remember what they were. I got a bajillion. They're, they're pretty good. They should be pretty good. Um, so right. the original plan that we came up with last time was to distract them. We were going to release a bunch of yes. test subjects. Um, we tried before and it was a lab bench that we were talking to. Okay, well, that's still the plan, right? Yeah. Because we're plan. now at the side with the horned creature. Is that correct, DM? Yeah, so um, when you talked to the lab bench last time, um, it identified three creatures which could potentially be viable for you to release into this space. Um, one was a large quadrupedal horned creature. Another was some sort of automaton. And the third simply had a question mark. In fact, it was about eight question marks all after each other. Ooh, missing number. I like the idea of the horned creature, I think. What? Why not all of them? Mm, death, I think, is the worry there, Yuri. Yep. We're going up a ladder, right? We're, we're pressing the button, and then mm -hmm. we're going up a ladder. Yes, as long as they don't chase us. It's a room full of orcs. Like, they're going to have better things to do than worry about little old us. Do you want to take that gamble? I, I want to know what the eight question marks are. I... Yes, that would be good. Uh, can we see the, like, quadrupedal horned creature or, or the robot or anything in, mm. in the glass? Um, Make an sphere. investigation check. It's only a ten. Um, looking up, the glass is clouded. There's many shattered pieces all around you. You see large shapes um, not far off, but you wouldn't know if they were the creature this is talking about. I think let's release one, see what happens, and then we can release another one if we have to. Right? Yeah, I... Mm. Uh, all right, fine. I want to know what the question mark. Um, sure. Okay. The question mark on there. Yeah. I just why not all of them? I I, I, I want the security. I also think I I also think just create big chaos, big. So you think so, all three? I mean, three is a pretty chaotic number. I agree. Good job. There right. are four of us now. Uh, can I can I go and get a um interface with a panel that's not a lab bench Why? you look lab around it and um yeah, so just to be clear the lab bench before did offer you the ability yeah, the lab bench creatures can do it it just has to be the right lab bench oh yes you're right yeah. sorry i'll go and I, I take back my my the smirching the name of lab benches i will go to the nearest lab bench uh, and cast talk with yeah talk with machines lab bench. Talk with plants um uh, hello. Are you active? Greetings. Uh, do you have records of inputs of all lab benches on this level? Affirmative. Uh, retrieve entry of 
uh, lab bench in distal quarter relating to release of test subjects. No, we're in the distal quarter now, Yuri. No, but no, distal is a relative term. <laughs> Correct. Distal, relative term. I thought it was to do with the space station. Like orbital and distal. No, that'd be like Rimwood or Corwood. Like distal uh, just means okay. the bit away from us. Gotcha. Oh. Clever. Information retrieved. Search results. Live creatures in proximal section. Uh, order. Uh, confirm that there are three test subjects capable of release that meet parameters of search. Three test subjects confirmed. Please reconfirm parameters. What did we say last time? <laughs> um, um, uh, uh, subjects that would be uh, dangerous to uh, medium-scale humanoids and uh, capable of causing uh, danger and loss of life. Processing. Processing. Confirmed. Extreme danger. Confirmed. Uh, <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't like the hand interfacing, you would absolutely spin around and be like, we're on to a winner! <laughs> um, oh dear. Uh, really? Right, so how far away are we from the ladder? Uh, so you are on the far left of the room. The room is 500 meters wide, so you're approximately 200 meters away from it. Send the timer! Give that to yeah. please. Send the timer! 600 uh, feet. 600 feet. Six ropes. We've <laughs> got a 50 foot rope. Oh, belts. <laughs> um, so hang on, right? 200. So we're good. we've got to traverse six ropes. Which, sorry, six belts, which means we're going to go. Gonna take uh, five minutes. No, quicker than that. Yeah, but we're gonna be stealthing. Half speed, unless we don't stealth once all the chaos happens. We yeah, but we want to stealth. get as close to the ladder no, as we possible. Still stealth, shouldn't we? And Let's yeah, say we... ten minutes. Yeah, we can wait. We're not yeah. in a rush. Yeah, right. see us. Yeah. Um, lab bench. Uh, hello. Sorry. Um, set timer for six hundred seconds. When timer elapses, release all test subjects identified in previous search. Wait, that's not... No, Uriel, because they're by the stairs, so if we get close to them, they'll see us. Don't we just want them released, and then we run to the stairs? Oh, right. Sorry, I get the layout now. So we want a five-minute timer then, because we want to get some most of the way there. Yeah, let's do yeah. Yes, five minutes. Right. Sorry. Oh, oh, cancel that order. Cancel that order. Cancel. Cancel. <laughs> Mass control Z. That's bad. Control Z. Please. Uh, start timer for 300 seconds. When timer elapses, release all test subjects identified in previous search. Order confirmed. Roll a persuasion check. Oh, oh no. Oh, you're Ooh, I best, believe in uh... you, I believe in you, I believe in you. So it's plus, that's plus oh, I'm Is that a guidance that you just gave That is him? a guidance. I touched him on the shoulder. <laughs> can I, wait, can I just smell oh, your actually, hand? Actually, you know sorry. what? Sorry, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because I can't. I had to drop. Oh, you've got past that trace yeah, concentration. Ah, no right. guns. Here we go. I can give you a D6 though, if you need it. Um, I mean, I have rolled. Can I? Yeah, add a D6. Add a D6. Yeah. The cosmic omen of infinity gives you. I have not science this at all. Oh. Oh. Ah. Ah. Um. <laughs> sorry. Um. That was a thirteen. Better than it could have been. Much better than it could have been. Hmm. Processing. Please. 
confirm the two cells you wish to open. Two. Not cannot cannot complete full order of three. Two acceptable. Um uh, got a, a team. Uh we can only release two of the specimens, so we could we could go for the horny the quadruped with horns, horny quadruped. Uh, the uh, bunch of question marks, or the robot. I would, I would personally go horny quadruped, and <clears throat> you know oh, I, I do. Would. I would like to know what the question marks are. Yeah, question marks means chaos. Chaos is what we're going for. Yes, but it could also be very, very bad. <laughs> for us or them? Maybe both. <laughs> right. Uh, are we are we agreed on uh, Wait, ho horny? Do you know anything about any of the creatures in here? Oh, we're not only allowed in here. Oh, okay. Just wondering if you'll be useful at all. Fancy. <coughs> come a time, they'll come a time. Okay. I just love the idea of a scouse engineer, just like, you know anything about this? And they're like, I haven't got a fucking clue. <laughs> like, a bad scouse accent. I can't um... do a scouse accent. <laughs> but you've tried, and that's an important thing, and I appreciate that. I didn't, it was bad. <coughs> Friendship. Fuck off. Well, I can um... tell you a lot is that they um... were very keen that we shouldn't come in here. So right. whatever they've got, I can't imagine it's going to be that nice. Right. I, I go. I vote for horny quadruped and question marks. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Sorry. Bless you. Didn't have didn't Um <laughs> uh, uh, Specify the subject with uh, the quadrupedal subject and the subject of which we know very little. Confirmed. Quadruped and unknown subject released in 500. 499. Oh, 300. 498. Two, it, was two, 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 it was 300. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Oh, no. Now, roll me another stealth check as you attempt oh. to make cover this ground. Now, how far? So, how close are you going? Because in five minutes, you can easily make up that whole distance. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's dark in here, right? Yeah. Uh, no, there was something all lights, suffused with so, yeah. this greenish light, greenish orange okay. light. I think we should get as close as we can, as long as we're. Is there anywhere nearby them? Yeah, yeah, is there anywhere to hide, basically? Is like there anywhere behind right? we'll some, like, go stuff. behind that box that's attached to the wall? Mm. <laughs> so uh, there are kind of lab, pieces of lab equipment all along the sides of the room. I mean, obviously, there's the benches throughout, and there are these kind of hanging globes that are the size of a person, and some of them are even bigger. Should we try and get so, yeah. within 90 feet? I think that's good. I mean, well, ha well, because we can sprint three rounds. Yeah. Well, actually, no less, because yeah. we can dash. Hundred and twenty. Yeah. But feet. we sh we can't stealthy, two rounds. stealthy dash. So yeah, that's that's that, true, that but... sounds good. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that sounds so, good. Within ninety or hundred. You, you can... ninety feet. Yeah, ninety feet. So, be... so you're going in ninety feet from them. Yeah, but like not in a direct line, like around the edge. Yeah. Yeah. And then hiding. So trying to stay yeah, in the trying shadows, to do it stealthy. Kind of, yeah. yeah. So we still got past that trace, correct? Uh, everybody roll me a stealth check. Add 10 to whatever your modifier is. Uh, 23. 
got a natural 20 for a total of 34. Nice, nice. I got a 29. What, 23, Uriel? Yeah. Pulse Mark Trace is a baller spell. Yeah, this is, it, this is it's powerful. so OP. Um, all right. Let me just move some oh quick maths here. It's going to be useful that we're all stealth from the dark. This is when the dark souls and the boss. mystery alien comes to attack us. <laughs> all right. Um, you huddle down behind these wrecked and broken and smashed pieces of equipment, moving between them like shadows. Uh, Infinity, the um, projection that you are throwing over people makes your friends almost invisible to you. Um, you all you hear is the soft hiss of your noise cancellation, and for a second you almost feel like you're alone in this massive vaulted lab complex. <laughs> As you approach, you feel like you are well hidden, that these four figures don't catch sight of you. And as you're getting closer and closer, you start to get a better look at them. What you see are tall, massively well-muscled. They wear combat suits, black, very tightly fitted. You can see that there's extreme mobility within them. You see a few iron bands around key parts of the muscles, places where they could inject stimulants in for a crucial piece of mid-fight advantage. Um, you see their faces, though, warped and twisted by the modification. I was fully expecting you to pull an Ali Jennings on us there and say that they're like little Girl Scouts. <laughs> just put in massive arms way. Yeah. Like... Oh, no, yeah. Hi, guys. <laughs> Is that a dinosaur? <laughs> so, you watch. The time ticks down. Three, two, one. You hear from above you and to the right. So past them from you, you hear this and first you hear the sound of some sort of liquid hitting the floor oh, from God. some height and then you hear <laughs> big heavy things aren't designed to survive falls like they don't jump um, like just <laughs> jumps and dies <laughs> yeah like i'm really worried about the size of it and the height of that they come across a triceratops just with its neck bent oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, just landed badly look to the right everyone looks to the right and you see a massive bull-like creature entirely plated in metal you see rising off them a sort of fog of smoke and steam and for a second you see the glowing internal of their eyes vast horns as they turn and you hear from across the room <sighs> Mm. 
you hear another noise. A pause. And then nothing. We've ruined everything. Oh god. Ali's now tearing up sheets of the campaign to be like, you've released an Eldritch horror on the world. Watch as in front of you the orcs they turn they look and you see them immediately hit battle stance if you've ever seen a greek phalanx essentially what happens is two of them go down on one knee holding out what look like large bayonet like metallic rods behind them two stand whipping out large guns of some sort they rest them on the shoulders of the people crouched in front you hear a shout eight seven A volley no. rings out. They're distracted then. Let's let's slowly move up. This shape starts barreling towards these four people. Another <laughs> shot rings out. Okay. In this moment, oh, as this happens, God. what would you like to do? You are still stealthily go there. St- st- advance. That's Stealthy. where they are, and that's where the bull monster is yeah. charging at. Yep, yeah, if we do it. Okay, okay. So I can, I can potentially do something. Okay, let's go halfway there, stealthily. No one yep. will notice that. Fine. We'll do our movement there, as close as we can. Um, you move towards it. You are moving. You're, as you move, um, you see the creature pounding, trampling towards these four. They are holding the line with intent gaze another volley of shots ring out okay, so we've and gone 30 feet we're now 60 feet away from all this nonsense you are now 60 feet away you can see that in the next okay. six seconds in the next mm-hmm. round this creature which is taking shots off its metal hide it is going to collide with these four individuals and they are holding still holding what are you going to do? Do we do it? Another. So we've got another go. Yeah, we can get another yeah, 30 feet. Them, so this yeah. is... Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah this, another, so, another yeah, 30, 30 feet. So we're now 30 feet away from all of it. This is great. Everyone go in front of me. Okay. Okay. At this point, I need you all to roll initiative. Come on, baby. Okay. Don't fail me now. Yes. All this music. 22 for Uriel. 18 for Infinity. Oh, my pen's not working. It's not a good time. Uh, Tenebris? I got an 8. Alright. This... It's stressing me out. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 like June. <laughs> Two from inf- uh, from Uriel, correct? No, twenty two. Twenty two. So, uh, excellent. So, you all four realize that with your um head start that you've got on this encounter you 
are moving faster. You are more uh, quick to work out what's going on than the other two sort of like sets of then either the orcs or this creature. So you are the first to move, um, which means that essentially you have a, a microsecond before the impact of this creature on these orcs. You're 30 feet away. And what are you going to do? Can I just confirm that they are right in front of the ladder? And that we, could we get um, behind so, them to the ladder? Uh, yeah, so you could... We can only get to the base they have of the ladder they have, hit by a ball. They have formed themselves in a, in a line, so you could, in theory, try and sort of sneak around the back of the line, but yeah, How that close point, is the line to by. the ladder? Like five feet away? They are, they're away? Right about by. five feet away. And like the yeah. ball is going to like hit it. Like, yeah, in a microsecond. So you... We could go 15 feet closer this round, hope they don't see us, and then... Or is there an advantage yeah. just holding our action Letting until we see everything play out? Yeah, but yeah. if they get taken out by the bull, we're going to have to deal with the bull. The bull hasn't seen us. No one has seen us. We're true, true, very, true. Okay, very okay, hidden. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. okay. What are you guys going to do? I think hold 15. action. Oh, hold, yeah. I, honestly, I think you... Ho okay, hold our action. Much, if, I haven't got much. If we see a... So the thing is that the action we can hold is the dash action, right? We can't yeah, hold yeah. movement. We can hold 30 feet of flat out running, which would only five. get us to the bottom of the ladder, and then we're we're at the bottom of the ladder with the ball. I've got 35. So you can get, five feet, can get five feet up Yeah, but I mean, the, the alternative is getting that bit closer, and the closer we are to the bottom of the ladder, the more likely the bull is to attack them yeah. and then us. Yes, yeah, it is, yeah. So we just I stay think, where we are. I think, I, think, I think, wait. Just stay where we are. I don't think we should um, run in until yeah. okay. our next turn, until we can do more. All right. You okay? So you're staying with you're not even holding your action. I'm going to bonus action cast Shillelagh. Okay, and that will break your concentration no, on this. <laughs> ah, okay, excellent, excellent. So with that, um, you will hold and wait. <laughs> this creature smashes into these four uh, orcs and. He's rolling a lot of dice. And I had lots of dice. I like lots of dice. Lots of dice is good. He's rolling them. <laughs> Although I guess in this instance it is good when he's rolling. Yeah, but for once we're like, that's how it feels. But also, we don't want the bull to like fully kill them. We want to like drag them to the other side of the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. All the while, somewhere in here, there's something, something we don't know else. Is, or where it is. That was so stupid. Great. We should have definitely Great. done the right. No, 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 no. This is science. Yeah, this is, this is Dungeons and Dragons and science. And the first step of science is fuck around. Fuck <laughs> around and find out. Then we find out, <laughs> then we write it down. If we live. The first thing that you see this huge metallic ball smashes into the front line, hits um, the first of these orcs, and crushes them instantly under their feet. Um, it turns around throws the corpse to the left um, and out, and it lands not too far from you. At this point, the other three turn, and they start to hack and slash at this creature. Um, and then... Okay, what do you guys want to do? The our turn? Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, think we should... 
if we aren't stealthing, <clears throat> do we still get past without a trace, but we we get disadvantage on stealth? How does that work? Like if we aren't sorry, if we aren't going half movement. Um, yes, you'd get disadvantage on stealth um, if you went full but movement. Plus 10 but you still get the plus yeah, ten. Exactly. Yeah. And they're very distracted, so it'd be their passive. Yeah. I think we I should think run our full movement to the bottom of the ladder and then use our action to start climbing. I think that's a very good idea. Okay. Let's do it. Ali smiled. Um, I don't like it. Let's do it. <laughs> it's because he's proud of us. Like it. Oh, thank I'm so, so pr- I'm so proud of you. Okay, guys. So, um, roll uh, another set of stealth checks. Then this time with disadvantage. Disadvantage plus ten. So disadvantage, but plus. You still get past our tracing. Yeah. Right. Oh, not twenty. Oh, I had a nat twenty. Oh. Um, <laughs> so it's still good though. That's yeah, that's twenty-five. Twenty. Twenty-one. 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 Um, that's the hat we're all doing. She rolled a fifteen. That brings you guys to twenty twenty-one overall. You moving. It's like you're walking through a room where someone else is having sex and you're like, just <laughs> gotta get out of this room. Oh, ah. Do not relate to this. Creeping really <laughs> quietly. I like, really can't don't get out of this room. Right next to you. <laughs> fire, fire, hold, hold. <laughs> and you hold. <laughs> <laughs> You make it to the base of the ladder and you start to climb the four of you. Who is leading the way? Would oh, you look at that? I've impaled. You go, um, go first. Uriel at the front. Yeah. Uriel, Tenebris, Sahakriel, me. Yeah. As you climb, you Here it is. look up and you see something on the wall. Oh. On the wall in the same direction but diagonally to the side of the entranceway that you're making for. Uriel, Mm. you see it first. It's kind of strange looking. You know, you remember back to some meals that you had in the canteen on Martin Spain and sometimes they would shape um, the paste into little sort of like can shapes, little sort of puddings. But this is jet black and moving down the wall towards you. And it's big. It is a big black pudding. And it is coming for you. There's always a little bit of room for put. Um. <laughs> bad man. Very bad. He's it's really just... bad. <laughs> Straight forest. Do you know what it is? No, you right. Yeah, okay, right. So, so we are on a ladder. There is presumably an exit some distance above us, and there... this thing is on the wall. How far away? So, um, this thing is about. Uh... Sorry. So, uh, yeah. So, essentially, this thing is is mo- is at the level of um, the exit that you're headed for, but it's. Uh, lateral to it and it's coming down towards you so it's moving diagonally towards you but it's not on the ladder it's moving sort of straight down the wall Um, and currently you have 60 feet of ladder left to climb what would you say its velocity was per turn Uh, 
it's moving pretty slowly. But it is close to you. Okay, if we try and attack it at range, that's going to draw attention to us. But it might give us time to get away. It might give us time. I am probably the... I've got a feeling that Uriel's um, Sun Fury stuff is probably going to be effective against it. I'm, it's radiant I, I damage. won't say anything because I know this creature, but... Okay. Um... You mean Ali? <laughs> I, know I know this I know, creature. I know the D and D creature of his. What I think it is, which it sounds very heavily like it is. Um... I will say most creatures in D and D aren't. Um, it takes a lot for them to be like take extra damage. Oh, okay. A, it's not Pokemon. It's not a level. normal thing. Yeah, no. Okay, right. Immunities is is regular, but not not um, the other way around. Okay. Um, well, if it's going slowly. I think our best bet is just to try and just is to try and make up ground now, yeah, and not draw attention to ourselves. How far away from us would you say it was? It was sixty feet. So. Sixty feet. Right. Okay. But it is I'm... it is just lateral to this doorway. So it was sixty feet so... up, and then there's a certain lateral distance, so it's slightly more than sixty feet. Because mm. Pythagoras, science. Um, oh yeah. Not a real. Almost doing? certainly not invented by Pythagoras. Pythagoras may have been an invented person. Fun bit of science history. Mm -hmm. I think it, I think there was a cult that sprung up around a Pythagorean person, but there's some debate about what are you doing, Uriel? Uriel, make a decision. Go up, go up the ladder. Okay, you climb. Um, still trying to be stealthy, so you still have that same stealth roll. So down below you, the battle still rages. You see another a uh, black clad figure get trampled beneath these massive metallic feet. Um, and as you reach the top of the ladder, Uriel, you feel uh, something lash out at you. Um, yeah, it is. Okay, cool. And you feel a terrible burning across your skin. You feel the metallic parts of your opponents suddenly start to fizz and bubble and uh, actually but before that let's just see if that actually happens um, what's your armor class 15 but as it's reaching out for you you manage to flip yourself onto the other side of the ladder now you're just holding on to it with your one metallic arm on the side of it and you just escape the range of this throbbing strange pseudopod that's reaching over the ladder um and you can now uh, reach up and pull yourself up onto um onto the ledge which is where the door is underneath you uh let me just check who's going to next yes yeah, we didn't think you see so you see Sahakwil. Um, uh, she climbs. Uriel, something's happening. Something's happening to the ladder. You see, the ladder itself starts to fizz, and it starts to lose yeah. part of its uh, integrity. Very clever. Really, really quite proud of you, but very clever. Well done. <laughs> so, Sir Hartquill is now following the rest of the party, going to try and climb 
over this corroding piece of metal. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll a strength. Essentially, it's a strength saving throw for the ladder. Um, oh, right. Okay. And every time that, well, every time someone goes through it, it's going to get harder and it's going to get more corroded. So right now it has to be a five. Okay. That's an 18. So Harkwheel climbs over it. Her hands are starting to kind of fizz as well. She pulls herself up onto the ladder and you can see that the half of her um, that is metal has little drips and drops of corrosion on it. starting to turn green um, in the light. And next, underneath the Harkwheel, is infinity. I'll keep going. What are you doing? I'll climb. You climb. As you climb... Um, you reach this corroded piece of ladder and you see the wisps of smoke hanging off it and it now has to roll an 8 or higher. Well, it rolls, not me. Yeah, no, it rolls. That's cocked. That's an 11. <laughs> you make it uh, pulling away and you can feel underneath your hands this ladder is starting to give and shake and it's... St- and as you push yourself up on the final rung the rung bends and sags beneath your weight now Tenebris the final person I believe what are you going to do um can I just check is the thing the thing still a little distance away even though it could reach out with a tentacle it's very close Oh, it's like right. it's so within it's here uh, now. Okay. Um, in that case, I shall just, I will just climb then. Uh, you look up and you see this ladder. It's looking in bad shape, but you decide to give your weight to it anyway. It has to pass an eleven. So eleven or higher. Is that wrong? That's a 16. <gasps> Put your weight to it. Your foot <laughs> slips through it, but you catch yourself and you pull yourself up. And now, the creature. And as you all stand on the edge of this door, Sir Harkwheel pressing, uh, f- frantically trying to open the door itself, you see around the side of the door, the black ooze start to uh, slip and slide towards you as this creature... Uh, slides around to the inside of the door and starts to fill the space around your feet. Um, You all take 1d8's worth of acid damage. Acid damage is a thing? Do we roll that Mm. ourselves? No, 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 sorry, I roll it. Well, if it was poison, I could do something about it. (laughs) That's eight points of damage. Aww. Boom! <laughs> Get new dice! <laughs> you suck, Ellie. Actually, no, no, you... That was great, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, all the rolling up to this point was great. Keep that dice. <laughs> and then, um, it's now sort of, it's a sort of thigh length, like, bog around you. And then, one part of it starts to morph into something larger and it reaches out and it towards you infinity and that's a 12 to hit that hits yeah your ac is 
Yeah, I don't what? have armor. I do have two. No, I, no, I do have armor, but shit. Yeah. Eight points of bludgeoning damage, and then. Do I have reactions? Do da do da. Not really. Okay. Uh, I don't have a better <laughs> action to help you. Uh, Eighteen points of acid damage. Okay. <laughs> damage very Your metal coating stisses and corrodes, and you feel your joints seizing up as this puddle around you starts to rise and rise, climbing up all of your legs. At this point, um, you hear the door opens. Saharquil, we've got to go. We've got to go now. Um, and you're in it. Yeah. Dive through that door. Running, running, running. <laughs> you all. Yeah, so you all use this turn to dive through, and then who is the last person to go? It's Tenebris. Mm. Tenebris, as you leave, it rolls a natural one. It swipes out towards you. You roll in the air, and. And the doors close behind you. Is it all on the other side? There's just a tiny little bit of black ooze that just oh. slides down the door, sits there, hissing gently. Can I cast Produce Flame, which is a cantrip? Burn it! And just burn it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Make an attack roll with it. It sizzles out of existence, and you are left in the silent corridor, one step closer to your goal. And Sarquil, your new companion, turns to you. You can see the flecks of corrosion that this acid has left on her, and the dirt and filth that's been smeared across her metallic side. Look, we're close now. There's just one more room, I think, that we're going to have to go through. It's one of the control rooms, and then we'll be there in the central chamber of the temple. You're in Jirio. I can't believe that the Armada would be keeping stuff like that here. I'd never known that they kept subjects like that. This was just a... What else were they doing here? I just don't know. I... I don't... I don't like to admit it, but it makes... It makes me angry, Uriel. Angry that, that we would never told. It makes me... It... Euro stops themselves themselves before they say angry. Like, it, I would rather that we knew all the operating parameters of this station too. Perhaps we can get some answers when we get to Minerva. I hope, I hope we can. Yes. C come on, that's you. You remember the way, right? Yeah. Normally. And then she leads you both. I'm, um, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna cast cure wounds on myself while that happens. Send my nanobots uh, in. Uh, do I have great. Oh, I had a healing ability, but apparently I don't. Um, you do this as you walk. Um, you're passing through one of these larger access tunnels, and then you take another, a right into one of the smaller connecting tubes. You force your way through it, um, 
and this uh, as you're going you can see eruptions in, in the kind of uh, material that's making these tubes up and earth is spilling through um, you walk and you walk and then you come out into what seems like a, a, a monitoring control station um, it's a room uh, about maybe 50 feet wide <coughs> filled with banks and banks of different machines, various different kinds of complexity. It seems to have been quite well cushioned from the floor. Many of them seem to be intact. And at the front of this room, you see a large plate window. There doesn't appear to be anyone else in here. Um, so, Hackwheel, before we go into the temple, could you, um, have you got any, any nanites on you? I don't want to go in and be seen and be uh, weak. Uriel, there is nothing weak about you. Uh, and she puts her hand over the biological hand. <laughs> she puts her hand onto your biological hand, uh, and she casts cure wounds at second level, um, which gives you. Hold up. Can you tell me off the top of the head what that gives you? Maybe infinity, do you know? Oh, sorry, uh, it's 1d8, uh, it'll be 2d8 plus spellcasting modifier. Excellent. If I did it, it would be uh, 2d8 plus 1d4 plus my spellcasting modifier, but mm-hmm. I didn't do it, so you'll have to have it. <laughs> <laughs> have issues. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. What um, is it with me? Dice rolls, go on. It's it's a nine. Oh. Better than nothing. I got that with my level one cure wounds. When I did that. In fact, I got more. <laughs> you all. Infinity does not and... say that. Oh, sorry, no. <laughs> she looks so sad though. Infinity are... goes cloudy. We're well, all stood yeah. in this room. It's got very very low lighting, so all you can see is just uh, from this this golden glimmer that's coming from these plate glass and frontage windows and around you just the occasional light of a machine uh, interface that's still on can i go up to the window you approach the window and in front of you you see what you remember as the massive form of minerva this colossal being you see a face of unimaginable beauty you're above this figure um looking out over this massive room and the figure is stretched out um uh, along the axis of it Uh, and their massive wings unfurl to distances of what looks like thousands of meters kilometers wide these massive wings a huge beautiful face but you can also see that where the body is parts are still open you can see um, massive gashes where the machinery inside uh, is open uh, to the elements you can see ladders and bits of equipment still in position that have been forming and creating this being and you see behind that at around the stomach level 
this massive humanoid shape, a vast sheet of metal has cleft into completely severing this creature. You hear Saharquil behind you just gasp. The golden light that you can see comes from the eyes of this being. Looking out blankly, it seems to you, up at the ceiling. And one last thing. As you look and look, you see something on her face. Crawling specks of black. Uriel just legs are decoupled and and it falls to the to his knees and Uriel, what have we done? What's uh, Infinity? You'll go over, Uriel. I can't. <laughs> right. Like, here they open their eyes and they are wet with tears. We, with pale. Uriel, you didn't do anything. This has nothing to do with you. We failed. All, all of us, we, we must have fallen astray for this to happen. How can this, Sahakwil, what? How could this happen? You look over and Sahakwil is doubled over, tears, silent tears, running down her face. How could they forgive us? Well, we'd never measure up to them, not now, not, certainly not now. So Hakriel reaches over and holds the back of your head and turns it to face hers and you can see that the bionic eye is almost losing control of the focus, but the single human eye is completely set on yours, and you see behind it a roiling rage. And now, for the first time that you've known her, there is no attempt to hide it, nothing like that. She grips the back of your head. We must avenge this. Can You're right. We've got to make them pay. If we release the taint from her, maybe she'll forgive us. Maybe we can still ascend. They've all got to die. Can Infinity look out the window at the... And can she see the things that are moving? Um, yes, you can. You can see those black specks moving on the face of this goddess. Do they look like Armada, or do they look like something else? Roll a perception check. Uh, 27. Uh, this is... As you focus in, this is not the same Armada creatures that you fought before, the same genetically modified people. What you see startles you. 
these people are cyborgs like Uriel. And in fact, with a 27, you see tattooed on the backs of their necks barcodes. Uriel, Uriel, it's your people. They're, they're alive. How? The... They survived. We can I... get them out, Uriel. Well, I thought that you were the only ones left. Why? We were, we were the only ones left. They all died. We, they, they never came. I, I, I don't, I don't understand. Who, who are they? We were, Uriel. We came here to find survivors. They're not my people. What do you mean? They've got the same tattoos as you. There's, there's, there's no way that we would have lost contact with that many people. They would have found. We, we've got to get down. We've got to. We've got to. We've got to find out what's happening. Is there anything else that anybody wants to do in this space before you all follow Saharquil and Uriel down to the main chamber? Is anyone hurt? Tenebris, are you okay? Um, there's like, like, I got some acid. Like, yeah. a little bone. I'll heal you for 15 if you need that much. No, I don't need that much, but I'm going to heal it. Um, can I, so... Seeing, seeing the... the can I can I sort of vaguely see the specs that our people, um, that Infinity is yeah, talking so about? Yeah, so you can all see the specs, and Infinity has described to you, I assume, what yeah. she's seen. Can I reach out telepathically and try and say hi to them? I'm casting sending. It's it's far too. I mean, uh, what's the distance on sending? So, it's so 120 feet. No, sending. Sending is anywhere, it's just that I don't know them, so I'm not familiar with them as individuals, so it's just a matter of whether mm. seeing them, even as a spec, is enough to kind of target oh, yeah. one. I think you can you can certainly reach out and see if you get a response. You can throw it out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you cast Sending, and you reach out with your mind, and nothing. There is nothing. They're alive. We have to go down there. We have to help them. Uriel, maybe, maybe there's something to be done. What has to be done is getting Minerva back to rights and fixing her. Well, we're not going to do that from here, are we? Let's get down there. Towards the exit door. Um. You move into a small lift, Saharquil punches the buttons, and um, you can see she's breathing heavily now, almost as though a massive weight has been lifted from her, whilst at the same time, another emotional weight is crushing her, but physically, she is alive. This lift takes you down and down and down for what feels like eternity, and then it shakes. The doors open and you are in front of this creature 
and from this close with nothing between you and it you feel a raw power emanating from the body of it you are near one of the wings which has fallen onto the floor you could climb up this wing and that would take you along the shoulder along the collarbone and eventually towards the face where you saw these creatures I'm not worthy of this <laughs> forgive me Minerva I must I'll climb onto the wing before Tenebris moves I'm going to put my hand on her shoulder and just sort of turn to her and say please please be careful and I'll cast guidance on Tenebris's Tenebris. You all move forward. You're walking over the wings of this creature, and it's strange. Underneath your feet, Infinity, you feel... It almost feels like down, a softness, but it's metallic. It's impossible to describe. You think of all the creatures you've seen. It emulates it better. You push forward underneath your touch, Uriel, you reach down, you can't help yourself. You run your hands along the these statuesque shoulder muscles as you pass. They're like hills, ridges underneath your feet, underneath your hands as you scrape along it. And again, you feel this incredible sensation. And then you approach, walking along the collarbone, you look up. You can walk up the neck as the head lolls to one side. You are walking onto the face of this deity and Tenebris, you feel through the colony, you feel an incredible rush of power. Everything that you touch around here is suffused with it and you step up onto the face of your god, Uriel. In front of you, you see figures. Uriel, now from this distance, you recognize them as your brothers and sisters. You see, walking around on the face of Minerva, uh, you see Mitria, you see Anush, Jaramil, and yet their movement is almost robotic, purposeful, but at the same time, you look over to them and they look straight through you as they move. And you don't know what it is they're doing, but they all seem set on one place. They are heading towards Minerva's head, towards her forehead, just above the center of her eyes. I, you know, um, Uriel tries to call out to them, calling out names and, uh, what, what, what are you doing? Why didn't you contact the others? What's going on? Nothing. No response. I, I feel like I know the answer to this, but I feel like I also have to know the answer to, it, to find <laughs> out the answer to this. Can I cast Detect Thoughts? Uh, you can on one of these. Yeah, on someone people. who's passing. Who's passing? Yeah. You cast detect thoughts, um, and you pick up the surface thoughts. 
and what you get is a single word and it's dig um i'm going to i'm going to probe deeper i might as well not sure i'm going to get much more but um you try to probe deeper and you see that the person who you've tried to do it sort of shakes a little turns almost towards you as though something new has entered their mind and then snaps back to what they were doing and keeps moving they're all headed towards this one place they want to dig they're I feel like they're still in there but they only want one thing they want to dig maybe they, they'd want to help Minerva but we, we've got to see what they're trying to do Okay. Head towards the center of Minerva's eyes, hidden from your view at the moment by the cresting brow of her, no of her nose. Um, you move over her cheeks, over her lips. You get closer and closer. Suddenly, um, you all hear... <gasps> and the whole body suddenly shivers. This massive angelic creature... Everybody roll a strength saving throw. Oh. oh, okay. 18. 19. Ooh, 17. Oh, that's good, team. Uh, no, right. no. The corners, the, the, the ridges of her cheekbones shiver underneath you. It's like an earthquake, but you all manage to keep your footing and you move on. And now you see where these figures are walking towards. You see burrowed into the center of Minerva's forehead, a black hole where the skin of this god has been torn apart and you see figures pulling apart with their hands, digging their way into the head of this god. What are you doing? Nothing. You get closer and closer. Now, you are standing just at the eyebrow line. This hole is being made in the center of the forehead. You are 60 feet away at this point. You see the hole being dug. You see these figures, these your friends, Uriel, digging it. And you see some sort of construction sticking out almost at a lopsided angle, a kind of metallic spike that is poking out of the hole in Minerva's forehead. And in front of it, you see a small, dark figure, different to all the ones you've seen so far. Um, would Uriel know from the text if in the texts, if there's anything specific about Minerva's forehead. Right, Roll a history check. Like, is that what's happening? I don't think that digging is good for our brain. Unless, unless you know, she's just 16. in the forehead. And 16. She's like a shell. Minerva is the goddess of wisdom and war. Her power 
comes largely from her strategic ability. And you know that the source of that is indeed located in her forehead. It gives her the powers, the unique powers that she has as a god or would have had. But you don't know any more than that. Um. <clears throat> Uriel, what do we do? Uriel's just going to take off towards the figure. Uriel! Running, we go. Follow. Are you all following? Is the hack wheel following? Yeah, so hack wheel yeah, is I'll right follow. behind Uriel. You pound across the skin, running past these figures, till you are right behind this dark, cloaked figure. They turn, and they look you straight in the eye, Uriel. A white face, bald, the skin hanging off it, grey. You see the rope-like tendons of their arms. You see scar marks long, raking, surgical scars all the way up their arms, across their neck, down across their face. You see all of this, and then you hear a rasping voice. <laughs> What are you the doing? monks? Welcome. You are not dead. <laughs> Tell me, what? how does it feel to see your god laid out on a surgical table? God. This god is made, not begotten. We could... Built it with the... What are you doing with her? I... <laughs> I could not explain it to you if I wanted to, brother of the cog. Does it feel good? Does it feel nice to finally touch your beloved Minerva again? <laughs> You're just going <laughs> to open up the weapon from, from their arm, point it at them, and say, What are you Careful doing now. with Minerva? Careful now. Let's not do anything we might regret. There's you may have already done that. Life. There's some life left in her now, brother. And he... Uh, sorry, I said he... That's, that's not correct. It is... From what you can see, you wouldn't be able to classify this person. They reach out and they touch a button... Uh, on the panel on this machine behind them and the whole of Minerva shakes again roll another strength saving throw natural uh, 20 uh, tw uh, a synthetic 20 Nebris. oh wait what happened strength saving throw Oh no! Oh, I'm not good at those. Oh no, that's fine. Uh, Thirteen. All catch your feet again as the shivers cross Minerva's face, and for a second, this uh, scarred, patchwork face turns towards you, Infinity. 
How? How fascinating. And they reach out to touch you. Ah, ah, ah. Oh gosh, Laylee. I wouldn't. <laughs> wouldn't you? How would you? There's so much, there's so much. What an interesting group you all are. Let me ask you, have you, have you been looking for me long? I don't, I don't even know, know who, who you are. are. <laughs> I don't know who you are either. So how quickly do you know who they are? No, no, I, I don't. It surprises me, child. <laughs> looks towards you, Tenebris, with all the powers you have, maybe you would at least have some idea. And they reach in and you can feel them delve into your thoughts, into your memories, as they twist and dive into the caves where you once... <sighs> Roll a wisdom saving throw. What if I don't want to? <laughs> you don't have to. No, I don't. no, no you do. Tenebris, <laughs> <laughs> do the same. 11. Your memories, your childhood, your pain. And it sits, this force, and it watches them, and you feel a thousand metallic spiders run and cross your soul. It sucks back. <laughs> I see why you're here. Shame. The creature turns, punches a button on the machine. <laughs> the sound of drilling. Everybody roll initiative. Eighteen. Six. Fifteen. I don't have time to write notes on this. This is too quick. I've, I've, got, I've got, like, not many. <laughs> See Minerva walk on her face. What does that mean, Simon? <laughs> was it, I, I si mean, was it six or 16? Six for me. Six, got it. Um... Hold up. This is going to take a little while. Oh, good. You're building initiative for every one of the cult. The cultists. Do it once. Alrighty. I bought an so. initiative tracker the other day. I'm not using what it. What does that it's mean? It's just a little thing where you can write names and you can rearrange them on it. Like Aww. I just got. It's just like a little bit of wood with some little things that sticking in it. Slitting in. Yeah, More for home games, but. There's a, a moment as this machine starts to twist and burrow its way deeper into the forehead of Minerva. You look to see what's happening and um, what's everybody's passive perception? 18. Less than infinities. Uh, passive perception. 13. 12. The figure's gone. Yeah. Then 
shit, that's stealthy. Okay. Tenebris. They were first as well. I go? Isn't Uriel first? No, no, no. Oh, no. I think that's going to oh, hit. No. What's your AC? There go. Oh. 13. Um, you know what? It doesn't even matter. Um, I'm sorry to say. So, you take. Wait a minute. Um. Because I would take half damage anyway. I want to see them Uh, hang on. 13 plus 8. Somebody do the maths. 21. 21. Plus 12. 33. 33 plus 10. 43. So 43. You take 43 points of damage, yeah. um, of which... Uh, 33 of that is poison damage, if that makes any difference. It doesn't... I, I've got one hit point there. <gasps> <laughs> what, what does it feel like? What? Where? Where is this coming from? Yeah. Do we see them if they fire us something? Don't. This figure disappears. Um... And as it's happening, you realize that the figures around you are forming almost like a kind of wall, almost like a sort of forest of these uh, uh, these monks. And then one of them seems to split into, and Tenebris, you feel just the soft sliding of metal up through your back, between oh, your God. ribs, oh, and God. the point of a blade. and. As your heart beats, it pushes itself into that point before it's gone. And you feel the blood just flow out of you. Your clothes are becoming heavy. They're sopping wet almost instantly as the wound starts to burn. Um, I'm, I'm going to like, like collapse onto the ground in, in pain. Um, Uriel, it's your turn. You can see the figure... Uh, this figure behind Tenebris now, um, and you can hear in the background of this machine. So is the control panel still within the ring that's forming? Um, so the uh, yeah. Sorry, let me. So let's just lay out how this battlefield looks like. You are ten feet away from this machine. Um, around you in a circle. Um, are eight of these uh, monks your friends, Uriel. And uh, behind, t and you are all bunched up in a in a four, I'm assuming, unless you want to be any way different. Yeah, we would, we would be. Done. Yeah. And uh, this, the cloaked figure um, with the scars is behind Tenebris right now. And all of the um, uh, the monks are 30 feet away from you. So they're in a circle around us, 30 feet away. Yeah. And where is the hole in relation to that? To the um, side or within? So the, the hole is where the drill. So the. Oh, okay, I see. So yeah. um, they are around the drill as well. So, so they are. So, of... so it's like drill and us in the center with them in a circle around. Yeah. yeah. You are 10 feet from the drill, but yes. 
Cool, got it. And there was a control panel that this person used. There was, yeah. Um. Um, yeah, Yuri was absolutely consumed by rage, like in hatred. Is not they're not gonna go and try and do anything with the control panel. They're gonna try and attack this person. Um, I believe that once per long rest, I can cast hex. Great. So what does that can, what does that do? So it means it's an additional one d six necrotic damage whenever I hit the target with an attack. Nice. So, so it's like a it's bonus action, right? I think. So it's malware, basically. So you're going to use your bonus action to cast hex, which is malware, and I love that. Um, and you give them disadvantage on something as well, I think. Oh, uh, let's see. Sorry. Uh, also, choose one ability when you cast the spell. The target has disadvantage on ability checks made with the chosen ability. Austerity. You hear whispered on the wind. <laughs> well, I feel like, you know, having something that makes them just interferes with their mechanical systems would be what Euro would probably choose. Right. So, what, a yeah. good idea. what a great idea. Mm. <laughs> Interfering with decks. Um, and if the target up to zero hit points, you can use. You can move it onto someone else. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, I don't need to roll anything for that. It just. It's like a blur of code that, that goes out. Um, you feel it reach out and burrow its way into this figure. Um, and... Uh, yeah, but I guess immediately... Oh, actually, if I try and do a ranged attack, is it going to hit Tenebris? Is there the possibility of it hitting Tenebris? No, you can easily manoeuvre yourself into a position where you can do a ranged sure, attack. Sure, so then uh, I'll use the Radiant Sunbolt uh, as my uh, attack. Now, it's a special ranged spell attack. Do I get two attacks because I get two attacks per action, or is that just melee attacks? Ha hang on. Say that again. Because I get two attacks per action, and for no. my action I can use Radiant Sunbolt. So does that mean I could... But because it's a ranged attack. No, so it, it's an action, so you get one of those. But if you use your action to, to punch, you get two of those. I see. Right. Um, and... Oh, yeah, well, he's right next to Tenebris, right? So he's very close. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely, then. I'll just go wailing. <laughs> not wailing. No. Sorry, not stance. wailing. The RP geeks do not condone wailing. Um, <laughs> official statement. Um, yeah, go in and go for the old one-two punch. Excellent roll to hit. Uh, so this is uh, 17. Yep, that hits. And that's right. So it's 2d6. Plus three. So that's... Uh, that's nine points of damage for the first one. Mm -hmm. And the second attack... Excellent. That's a, a 12. Uh, that misses. Your first one cracks him across... Uh, uh, cracks his figure across the jaw. Uh, your second one... It disappears into the flowing blackness of their robes. Um, next... Uh, you see behind you Uriel Saharquil, eyes red with rage. Um, she will turn towards this uh, figure and cast. Um, she's going to try and cast 
old person. And that means that... Um, hold up. Uh, this character has to make a wisdom saving throw. DC 14. And... They fail. You feel the scrap code, Uriel, directed um, from Saharquil, suddenly seize up the limbs of this figure. They're frozen, paralyzed in place. Um, Tenebris. Um, Do you have any nice. healing? Did we get? I don't think I have. I don't think we have anything healing. Uh, um, these are both the same. That is fine. Okay. Um. Oh, okay. Um. Okay, I, I mean, um, yeah, this is not tactical brilliance. Tenebris is on the ground. Um, this figure is still right next to her, but sort of frozen in place. Um, am I right in thinking there's a 30-foot gap behind the figure before you get to any of the other marks? Yeah, so the figure is right behind you, frozen yeah. in place. Okay, I don't care. Um, I am going to... Um, cast Hunger of Hadar at third level. Um, Tenebris is just is, is is sort of like just sort of managing to like like stare up in the space and seems to be sort of concentrating not on them but on like the kind of area around them. Um, and you see the sort of familiar, you know, first it's that that glow effect, that like slight sprinkle of like. Like like slight green little little little, little spots of light, um, but as they get bigger, it sort of gets darker um, until there is a a sphere of increasing darkness, which is obviously I'm gonna angle it so that it's around um, just this figure and not me, and it won't reach the people behind it because it's only oh no, it's twenty foot radius. It will reach the people behind yeah, it. Yeah sweet uh, like if i can catch at least one of the the monks in it as well um it gets darker and darker and you start hearing almost like whispers and there's just this sort of icy cold like it's sucking sucking the warmth from the from the air around it and it looks like the void it looks like a sphere of empty space the spell description reads a gateway to the dark between the stars oh. um oh i love that dnd break anyone hello i'm hoping the whole the whole person should hold she doesn't need to maintain visual contact um so yeah they won't take damage until the start of their turn nice 
and again at the end of their turn if they don't manage to get out, which hopefully they won't. But they're blinded. We can't see them. That's the disadvantage. Okay. Uh, infinity. Uh, because of that, I will use my bonus action to wild shape into one of my uh, star forms into the chalice. So we haven't done it before. So Ooh. the stars what? start moving, but then you see like little nanobots come out as well and like detach. And uh, I'm going to go over to Tenebris and I'm going to cast Cure Wounds at a third level. Um, but then you get more healing because of my little nanites too. Yeah, um, nanites. Yes, please, nanites. Yeah, okay, so 3 GM plus 5. That's lots. 16, 18, lots of 4. 3 is 21. Sorry, there's lots of maths now. I like this um, math. 21, this is good 26. Math. 27 plus 5 is 32. Plus 4 is 36 points of healing. Ah, I love that maths. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the good maths. Oh. That was such good maths, I can't believe this. Tenebris, are you oh, okay? I got stabbed, I got super stabbed, I'm covered also, in blood. what have you done? Oh, I don't know, I don't know. Is that okay, are we safe? <laughs> sure, okay. That's, that's, and that's all I've got. I'll stand in front of her. I'll put myself like between her and the void. <laughs> and with that, um, you see as uh, your friends, Uriel, the monks, suddenly snap into a combat stance and they run towards you, all eight of them. Two of them run through your spell, uh, Tenebris. So they take... Um, I uh, think if they go it, through it, they're fine, actually, annoyingly. Yeah. Um, it ends its turn on the area, yeah. Starts just... its turn or ends its turn. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's um, one of those ones. They are, yeah. You can yeah. jammy it if you can get... But they have to have over 40 feet of movement to do that. It's 40 feet. Yes, that's true. It is 40 feet. Uh, yeah, unless they're already in it. Wide. In or unless they, they cut, turn, cut the it? side of the square. Uh, cut the side of the sphere. It's a yeah. sphere, so they don't have to go. They might just... Yeah, oh, I true. see. Yeah, not do the Could be a... <laughs> they don't have to do At least one of them. At least one yeah. of them. I've, I've arranged it so that at least one of them has to... They all move towards you and all reach combat distance, and they are... Two of them are going to attack each one of you. Um, so we'll go for Uriel first. Sure. Um, that's an 11 and a 16. The 16 does hit. Yeah, you take four points of bludgeoning damage. Um, so Harquil takes... Uh, takes eight points of bludgeoning damage. Uh, numbers! Like, Yura's gonna, whilst being wailed on and trying to block, just try and reason with the other oh, Saria, what are you doing? You don't remember me? Te Tenebris, you, uh, a 16 will, uh, an 18 will hit, right? Yeah. Yeah, you take, uh, four points of damage and infinity uh you both of those will hit you will take uh seven points of damage the, the one the, the monk that um whichever one was caught in the fear at the sphere at the start takes five points of cold damage at the start uh, 
whichever one was yes. like okay. behind. Yes, okay, excellent. That's... Um, was it five? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, and then, Uriel, just before, uh, just at the end of this turn, you hear uh, in a little bit further away, and you look up to see uh, the massive, well, the armoured, fully armoured and uh, covered with a mech bio uh, lifting suit, the body of Zirun, your one-time friend, one of the major uh, lifters and workers of this particular place coming as fast as they can over the brow of this god's face. Um, standing a full half a body taller than everybody else and moving at speed and it looks like they'll be here next turn so that's coming up uh right so in the darkness they roll a uh a nine so they can do nothing this is an incredibly powerful spell um oh hang on a second i just have to roll for concentration check yeah that's fine um you hear nothing from the darkness. Nothing seems to move. Nothing comes out of it. Uriel, it's your turn again. Can I can I roll their damage? Yes. Um, um, so, so, try then. so the start of their turn damage is six. Mm-hmm. And then the end of their turn damage is an initial initial nine. Wowzers. Be good, be good. Um, um, Uriel. So everybody's kind of like contracted into us, right? We're yeah. all sort of now in a big brawl. Um, and now at the and at the start of this, you hear <laughs> this machine is making more noise. It's making it's going faster and faster. Okay, I can do once per long rest. Euro can expend a huge amount of internal energy and cast Misty Step. Oh hell yes. D&D um, brief that motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, Ural just moves so quickly that it looks like it's almost instantaneous. <laughs> okay. um, and so teleport up to 30 feet. So Ural wants wants to teleport, sorry, wants to move so quickly as to appear <laughs> instantaneous to the control panel for the uh, drill. Okay. So now you have your action there. Um, <laughs> at a glance, is it obvious? Is there a big red button that's tel- that turns it off? Uh, so an instant glance will show you no. I mean, it looks like a fairly complex piece of apparatus. Um, you still got oh. your action. Uh, you no. could investigate it further if you wanted. That would cost your action. God, they, they wouldn't risk just smashing it. Oh, yeah, I'd investigate. Oh. <laughs> this is like God okay, we're wrong. talking You'll about. You'll let the mysterious creature out, but you won't Hulk smash the control panel. <laughs> <laughs> Roll an investigation check. All right, come on, Uriel. That's a 19. Wow, okay, on a 19. Um, you look in, right, what seems like a drill initially, right? What you now see, examining this thing, cables coming up from deep down inside where this machine has been implanted into the skull of this deity, right? And moving up from the cables, reaching what is clear to you is an antenna. And something is being transmitted. You know that much. When it comes to controlling this machine you know enough to know that you won't be able to do that 
And that's your action. So you've done your bonus action. Action. Any movement? Um, do you want to do any movement? I think. Uh, how far away is the drill? Uh, so you you are standing next to it. Like the drill and the control panel are all one unit. Oh right, I see. Um, is there as part of my investigation? Could I see anything that was clearly mission critical for this thing? That's not on the control on a, panel. Is that like a big power cable kind of thing? Yeah, on a on a nineteen, you can see that this is a very kind of technical piece of machinery. It obviously, has been built to a very specific specification, right? And lots of bits of it you don't understand, but you are at heart a mechanic, and you can see there is a power source, and that were you to damage that, maybe you could do something about this. Right. So moving over, yeah, we'd move over to the power source. Okay, all right, yeah, easy enough to do. It's, you know, it's not too far away from you. This this drill isn't like a massive kind of oil drill. This is a, a it's like a sliver, like a like a very fine dagger that has been inserted oh, right. okay. into the forehead of this, of, of your, uh, your god. Um, Sahak Creel now. Um, she looks over to, uh, you. Mm, what could she do? Okay, she's just going to reach out and have a crack at the nearest dwarf um, with her machining hammer. Uh, that hits. She does... Five points of damage. Excellent. Um, one of the uh, monks reels back for a second and then comes back in looking uh, as they get caught across the face by Sir Harquil's hammer. Um, next is Tenebris. Ooh, okay. Um, this, got, this is so much more real than I was expecting. <laughs> can I catch two of the monks in a 15 foot cone? Uh, yes, you can. Um, okay. I'm gonna aiming at two of them. So um, there are there are there are sort of two that are in front of you, just in front of the uh, the circle of the arms of Hadar, and then there's two of, to the left of you, um, who are just in front of Sahar Quill. Um, but the other others you would catch either, well, you'd catch Infinity if you tried to target any of the others. Do any of them look hurt at all? Uh, yeah. So one of them in front of Sahar Quill looks hurt, uh, and uh, was it Inf? No, and Uriel has damaged one of the other ones who's on the other side. Oh, okay. Can't get both hurt ones. I'll go for... How did um, I do that? Uh, you punched them. Oh, no. No, no, no. Sorry. You punched the assassin, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then, who else? Somebody else did an attack on... Oh, it was you. Yeah, no. One of the other people in front of you, uh, Tenebris, is damaged. So, yes, you could get both of the damaged ones if you wanted. Okay. Can I, aiming at both of the damaged ones, um, basically... <laughs> um, I'm summoning the, the the colony, and they start sort of flashing, um, and they're flashing basically really brightly in front of their in front of their face. Um, how many hit points does the the closest one to me have? Uh, how many? One of, oh, right. One okay. with the lowest so hit that, points. Does it, does it tell you that number? Uh, the spell, or are you just asking for a general idea? No, I'm asking for a specific idea. No, I, I want to know specifically so that I can do my maths it's, about whether they're whether they're affected or not, basically. 
but I mean, you you is can't know the exact number. Yeah, is it under? You've got to tell Ali. <laughs> okay, is it under twenty nine? I mean, they you don't under, know, right? No, you have to say if they have under twenty nine so, so, hit points. Left, oh so right, like yes, that. they have under tw they have under twenty nine hit points. Okay. Can now, they are okay. Okay, I'm going to tell you, and you can do the maths if you don't want to tell me. I have 29 mm -hmm. hit points worth. Can I get both of them mm. with 29 hit points worth? No, you can't. Okay, so the, the first one um, is blinded by the flashy, flashy lights. Excellent. <laughs> That's all. Okay, in finishing. Oh. I'm angry. Um, right. Is there a? I've got a. <laughs> welcome to not having maps and spells with so many area effects. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, I've got a 60 foot radius cylinder. I would hmm. like to put it over as many bad baddies as possible. How many can I get? You with without hitting any goodies without hitting any goodies. <laughs> yeah, so you could put it over um, Tenebris' arms of Hadar. Yeah. Um, you could get that How spell, so you could get the two in front of... How high up does Hadar go? It's a sphere. It's a 20-foot radius sphere. So I can't put it directly above that, because I have to be able to see the top of it. I've got but 10 you could... feet up, so... It's probably... Oh, right. so you could put it to, to the... Maximize... Yeah, yeah I could put it to the side of that. How wide many... is your, your cylinder? A 60-foot radius, so it's 120. Wow, okay, so... Huge. So you out. could get you could get four of them, one of which Snebridge has already hurt, plus um, the figure who you've been... Is this, like, caught still held? Uh, the, they have not appeared from inside this. They're next, anyway. So they're, they're after me. So, um, yeah, I'm going to... So uh, Infinity, like, throws her hand, and, again, a little one of the mini drones flies out and flies up. And suddenly, it kind of like expels this almost like storm cloud like thing starts like appearing outside of it, mm. and then bolts of electricity just start like yeah. smashing the ground uh, six in the, like a hundred and twenty foot nice. uh, diameter. And I'm going to cast Cool Lightning, and that's a DC seventeen Dexterity throw for anyone inside it. And I believe Uriel was kind Hill. enough to make one of them roll with disadvantage. And also, if he's a whole person, he's definitely got disadvantage. Uh, I don't yeah, know if he failed. So, it. yeah, that figure is, he auto, or they, they auto fail because they're paralyzed. So and they if they succeed, they take half damage. Points. So that's 13 plus. What's the DC again? 17. Okay, 17. Uh, and and so anyone, so it's 15 points they, and halved if they succeed. They all fail. Um. And that storm just stays there. Like, oh damn! That moisture's got to be coming from somewhere. Cool lightning, baby. Um, yeah, you see the, the two figures that you can see caught in this storm, just jerking and shaking. And it's fifteen points. Is that right? Fifteen. Um, uh, they look singed and battered, hurt, very hurt. Um, and. Uh, you don't know what's happened inside the cloud, but you assume... assume and I will um, shout to Uriel, Uriel, are you working this out? What do we do? Um, 
and then the two in front of right in front of Tenebris, um, you see one of them um, who was already slightly hurt. The whole half of one of their arms is just fried, but they're still moving towards her, uh, and the other one also looks badly damaged. Um, and at this point. This massive armored figure um, hurls themselves at you, Infinity. They have to pass through this lightning cloud to get to you, but they don't seem to even see it. They are just moving at incredible speed. So, do they take any damage as they go through? If only if I call the lightning down. Oh, so it doesn't do damage on subsequent turns? No, it's just well, it Ah. does if I, but only if I if I do it myself. I have to command it to do it. But they were, but they were moving towards you through the lightning cloud it, it in that sphere. When yeah, if if they're still it, in it on uh, my turn and I call the lightning, then they, they started take it. their turn in it. But so did they get hit last time? Yes, yeah, so they. Oh, were that's fine. No, if they got hit last time, that's all the damage. It's, there's no extra. It's not. Um, okay. It's not like a thing. It's not like Hadar. It's um, it, on my turns. I can use my action to hit the lightnings down again. <laughs> and. <laughs> A massive oh, you're a robot too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm in the sky. Serial number. <laughs> that's cocked. That's a thirteen. That's uh, a fourteen to hit. Yeah, it hits. Shit. I thought your AC was higher than this for no, some I've reason. I've got no, uh, no AC, but more hit points. Uh, a colossal haymaker catches you across the side of the face. Um, that's ten bludgeoning damage you take. Okay. Um, and now. Uh, the rest of uh, these monks still just punching and punching and punching. They can't even see anything. If uh, uh, in Tenebris, you get the sensation from this that link that you had with one of them that it's now just pure rage that's flying through their heads. No thoughts, just rage. Um, so Tenebris, you get hit by one of them. You take. Uh, hold up. Uh, five points of damage. Sahakriel takes three points of damage. Um, I'm rolling concentration checks, by the way, for my sphere, which is all still up. Okay. I'm also about um, to do that now because I forgot. Great, to thank that. you. What well, was ten? Um, yeah. yeah, I'm fine. The two, two of them in front of you, Infinity, uh, lash out. Both of them swipe wide, and then the two that were attacking Uriel turn to face you, Infinity, and swipe at you again. And one of them Hello. rolls, uh, one of them rolls a twelve, and the other one rolls a fourteen. They both hit. You take uh, twelve Tank. points of damage. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, for now. Sorry, <laughs> right. druids have a little trick, <laughs> but to get some extra and... hit points, <laughs> become a thing. Uh, now you hear <laughs> blackness. A figure uh, emerges from the cloud and. Roll for at least them starting their turn there. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna roll some. I'm gonna roll for starting damage. Oh, it's only two. When they start their turn. They take two okay. points of cold damage. Ah, got them. Ah. Do they have to roll for anything? Sorry. Not now that they've not now that okay. they've left it. Yeah. Um, 
but you can see them now. They're moving like um, black streaks of tissue, like moving through the wind, flapping and flying. Um, they skirt, they like run uh, around the groups of you, looking at each one of you. You can see the flashing eyes as they do it, um, looking for the one who looks the most damaged. And Probably me. infinity. They, they're suddenly right up in your face, and you can see for a second they look at you admiringly. Such a pretty thing. Thank you, don't hurt me. Um, <laughs> so one of those is going to miss, and one of those is a 21. That's going to hit. That will definitely hit me. Um, you take... Uh, five points... Uh, sorry, six points of piercing damage. Okay. And oh shit. That was more than one day. Hang on. This didn't go well for me. It's about to go really 20, bad. Twenty-two points of poison damage. I'm out. You feel Storm um, the, the mixture of poison and nanites coalescing in your system, jamming your body, and you start to feel the copper of your circuits dissolve away and you pass out Uriel I'm gonna as you are about to do your turn it's giving a rhythmic vibration now and it looks like it's starting to shake itself this drill and the antenna on top of it is starting to glow red hot I'm gonna pull the power source out Okay, so the power source itself is an armoured box, right? It it is still attached to the drill. For you to pull it out would take a a massive feat of strength, right? I'm not saying it's impossible, but that would be difficult. You could just try and damage it to the point where it wouldn't work, or you could try and roll a strength check and and do it that way. Okay, I am going to... Or if you have any other abilities that you think would be relevant in this situation, you can go for it. I'm going to, for my attack... Oh, right, so I can take an attack action, and then I can do Searing Arc Strike to cast Burning Hands. As a bonus action? Uh, Yeah, immediately after you take the attack action on your turn, you can spend two key points to cast Burning Hands as a bonus action. Let's go. That's crazy, so you can do Punch, Punch, Burning Hands. (laughs) Oh, wow. I do all good. So uh, I'll do my two monk attacks. Okay. uh, Against Um, the box, which somehow I could still miss. Yeah, so roll roll to attack. You're looking for a 12, that's the DC. <laughs> well, that first same one, as this infinity. <laughs> that first one was an 11. And the second one is a um, 16. So that The one first hits. of yours ricochets off the armor and plays the second. <clears throat> you get in, you uh, roll your damage. Uh, so that's 1d6 plus 3. So that's 6 points of damage. Okay. And then, yeah, I'll cast... Uh, spend 2 key points and... Let's make sure I get this right because I can boost this as well. Um, right. Oh gosh. Give me a sec. Because I can I can spend more key points in order to uh, make it more powerful. So I spend two. And Searing Arc Strike. You can spend additional key points to increase the spell's level up to a maximum of three. Um, how are we talking like a circuit, a fuse breaker box, or like Fort Knox? Like how how armored does this thing look? 
it looks it, you know it looks damaged from what you've done to it it's not I'll like spend... it just ricocheted off the side i'll spend another two key points just to try and make sure so that means that it is going to do 3d6 5d6 damage all right roll those d6 well, uh you take in, in a 15 foot cone must take a deck saving throw and I'm, I don't know, does uh, the box have a saving throw? It does not. It's not like that. It's, so, it's 5d6 flame damage. That, wait, what? That is an incredibly consistent roll. I rolled a 1, a 2, a 3, a 4, and a 6. Oh, Yahtzee. Uh, so that's um, 7, 14, 16 points of damage. 16 points of damage. This you the metal around this cable starts to melt and singe and burn and melt away and you can see it's pulling and has burnt through part of the cable this thing looks in really serious what was the number again 16 and then i did six points of bludgeoning damage to begin with okay um this you have very seriously damaged this cable it doesn't look like it's it looks very close to the end, yeah. Knew I should have spent that other key point. Okay. Uh, uh, so that was my action and bonus action, and I'm not going to move from here. Um, so now it's Sahar Quill's turn. Um, she kneels down to the floor, reaches out, um, puts a hand on your shoulder, Infinity, and is going to cast Cure Wounds at first level. Um, <laughs> valid, valid. <laughs> Um, You've got to be someone special to so Sahakril to get second level. That skill seems wins. fair. So that gives you 13 points. Oh, back. that's good. Thank you. And you feel um, that healing energy come back to your body. Does she play the like Windows startup sound when she, <laughs> she comes back up? What is it? Um, blah, 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 blah. No, she does not. <laughs> and, her, and her screens are like the green field with the blue, just briefly. No, just <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly they're back to stars. <laughs> um, oh, she's a Mac. Let's face it. She absolutely runs totally on OS. Yeah. Thank you. And now uh, she, she doesn't even seem to hear it. Oh, Tenebris. Um... Uh, am I right in thinking that you can cast a cantrip and a spell in the same round? As long as they're action bonus One as action. One bonus action. Um, Infinity... Infinity is up, but not standing up, right? Correct. And the... Infinity's just gone. Mm-mm. And... What do you... Oh, yes, sorry, Sackville's just gone. Okay, so you're gonna... Okay, okay, right, okay, cool. That's right, that's... I'm being tactical. I'm being tactical. Um, in that Grab case, you. I would like to um, cast. I, I would like to point at the figure. Um, I'm casting True Strike um, to get an advantage on an attack roll. Um, so I kind of described this last time as just sort of a sense of like what they're about to do in the next moment to like help me hit them. Mm-hmm. Is that good? Yeah, you reach out and you sense the places their arms could be, you assess the probabilities, you assess where they are feeling. I would then like to spend two sorcery points to 
um, change one of my spells into a bonus action spell, which is a meta magic. That's a really good use of true strike. Yeah, that's so yeah, good. yeah, it's good. Okay, yeah. Then I'm gonna cast Ray of Sickness at fourth level. Is this our first ever fourth level spell? I, I don't think I've be. cast any of mine. At I'm so, yet. I, I, it's I've been doing level, three. And what it is is Ray of Sickness. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm really <laughs> getting short of spells here, so. Down with um, the sickness. So I've got to make a ranged <laughs> attack spell, but I get advantage because I just cast True Strike. But I still have to hit them. Um, Come on, I believe. Spell attack modifier is plus eight. That's good. I'm giving Sharmini one d4, not great. the character. This but... is great. I've got yeah. it though. This is um, twenty-six to hit. That hits. Let's um, go. Okay, I do twenty-two points of damage, poison damage, and can they make a con saving throw? <laughs> uh, 22 points of damage Whoa. I think I've cast Ray of Sickness before I think this is a sort of like beam of all the all the friends in the air just sort of lighting up and, and blasting out um, uh, and a constitution saving throw yes please, yes, please. Um, that is, is a work. 14 fails they are poisoned until the end of my next turn which means they have disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks yes yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yes. They double over. <coughs> Some sort of white fluid starts to leak out the side of their mouth. They look towards you, Tenebrissen, for the first time. You see real anger in their eyes. Um, and now, Infinity. Uh, right, I thought I was dead. Uh, I've got a 20-foot radius sphere this time. How many can I hit? I want uh, evil boy, big You can hit big boy. boy, evil boy, and four others. Welcome Fourth. to the geometry of the mind, everyone. <laughs> the geometry of the mind. Welcome to. I think I. I how many can I hit with this? Oh, anyone of my choice. Lovely. Um, this is welcome to fourth level spells being used. Everyone. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, so it's serious. Again, another little drone comes out, and uh, we've seen it before, and it sends out the like wires into everyone I don't like, and then one comes back into infinity and like sucks the life force from them and like <laughs> no. reinvigorates uh, oh. <laughs> infinity. Yes. Uh, they need to make con, con saves of 17. You're, you're borrowing the moveset of the Oddish uh, Pokemon yeah. evolution drain. Yeah, drain, <laughs> motherfucker. Um, so uh, the evil boy uh, is a nat 20, so that saves. Yeah. Um, big boy is... Wait, no, that's wrong. I shouldn't have rolled that one. Rolled that one. Big boys are 15. Is that what, what's the DC here? 17. 17. Uh, okay, so, so it's. Fail. Oh. That's another set of. Fa oh, then wait a second, actually. I'm one cutting between Infinity and uh, the DM at the moment, and it's just two confused people rolling <laughs> dice. <laughs> two, of the little, two of the little boys save. And okay. two fail. Uh, they still take. So it's 12 damage for everyone who didn't save six for the ones who did and then i get back one of my hit dice eight but i also get to add five which is 30 and i also get to add that which is 19 points let's go um and that's... okay <laughs> that's that's um, that's done um and bonus action for funsies car <laughs> 
We love to see it. <laughs> the two little boys in front of you, they both um, shrivel up and sort of shrimp out on the floor in front of you. Shrimp out. Shrimp out. They're both uh, out. Um, and then uh, in front of you, uh, Tenebris, you see the one who was blinded and damaged also contract. Um, and then the other one looks in serious, serious straits, but not, not and Not not uh, evil boy looks really bad, but still standing. They're not evil boys. They're just the the the. I feel the like good the one who stabs Nebris is evil boy. It, oh, that's evil, evil boy. Evil creatures. Yeah, that's what they're you said. Not evil, evil boy. Evil boy. Oh, I thought you were yeah. plural. I thought you were referring to the monks as evil boys. The monks are evil siblings. I feel. That, they're neutral siblings who are being mm. nefariously controlled. They're Naughty getting, siblings. They're getting killed like evil evil people. So <laughs> <laughs> We write the history books and therefore yeah. they were evil. Oh, I'm pretty sure they're dead already is actually what I think they are. Well, that's why um, I cast and Detect Thoughts and I'm not sure. That's exactly why I think. At that point, that. the two in front of you, blind, Infinity, mm-hmm. pick themselves oh, no. back up and stand and they are going to seemingly... they. It's almost like they're being controlled by the servos in their muscles. They just reach out and slam at you again. That will be... uh, One of them hits and does uh, six points of damage. Okay. Um, Tenebris in front of you. Um, What's your AC? 13. Uh, Yep, you're fine. Um, Need to go armor shopping. I tried wearing armor before, and I got shouted down. You shouldn't wear armor. You're the one. You're you, one of, you don't need it. <laughs> you don't get to come on our shopping trip. We make you stay home. We I'll need go meditate outside the shop, shall yeah. I? Yes, and, and focus on how good uh, your unarmored yeah. defense is. <laughs> and uh, then, Infinity, mm. after the other smaller boys have attacked you, the large one reaches out. To hammer you again with this pneumatic. I didn't finish pneumatic... my serial number. Eight six eight. And that's a. I think that's a thirteen. Let me just. Yeah, that's that a thirteen is, to hit. Yeah. Um. You take. Uh, numbers. We're going back to math cam, people. You take thirteen points of damage. And at this point, um, the figure in black looks at all of you and looks over at the machine. And the machine just rattles and rattles and rattles and goes still and all of your brothers Uriel fall to the floor this scarred white surgical face looks at you Tenebris and then you Infinity (laughs) see you later.
No, no, and no, the no, figure, no. <laughs> the body just falls to the floor. Oh, I don't oh. like that. Oh, oh no. It's... Uriel, can I burn it? Uriel is not responding right now. I'm going to go over and cast Produce Flame and just set a light at least to the clothes and like just try and burn this body down. It's a cantrip, so I'll just keep. Yeah. It burns and the smell of burning flesh fills your nostrils, all of you. And at that point, we're going to leave it for tonight. Um, and we'll pick up there next week. Oh, that's I not great, is it? Do not mm -hmm. know how to I feel about this. I don't know if they were drilling this. to try and get the, like the core of the god out when it died. Could it have been a good thing? <sighs> what did they say? I don't think they said. Uriel, no, however, hadn't said... told a shit about the god, so there was nothing we could do to try and say anything. We were not at a point where a conversation was going to happen. From, yeah, from from things that we don't know, they yeah. said that, like, there's some life in her left, but, yeah. like, how does it feel? I, I don't know, they implied yeah. that they weren't trying to save her. Strongly implied. Okay. So we are going to have to pick this up next that. time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Tough though, guys. There's creepy music, Ellie. We need happy Can we have some happy joy. fun time music? Infinity yeah. went Super down. Happy music. music. Yeah, oh. ouch, ouch. Oh. Ouch. That's sad because I want to do my cool lightning lots. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that was good. I'm just, I'm sad that we've come to the end of the session today and we're going to have to wrap things up. <laughs> Thank you very much, much. Really everyone, good. for um, joining us terrible, today. I hope, you, I hope you're, you know, it's difficult to be upbeat right now. I'm just, um, I'm really strong. We're all alive. Hooray! This is, um, we're in a series of pre-recorded Monday evening streams on Twitch, if you're joining us on Twitch. Um, but hello also to all you very cool podcast and YouTube listeners who found oh, us hello. by searching yeah. I'm waving. RPG I hope you can hear it. and Dungeons and & Dragons and & Science. We are, of course, at RPGeeksDND on a whole range of social media platforms such as Twitch and YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. So give us a follow. Come say hi. We're very friendly. There's a there's a Discord channel. Um, message us if you you need to, you want to come find it. Like just come hang, just come hang out with us. Come I hang. think you want to. I think you want to. Um, uh, we've also got some stash. What, where's what's that shop called? It's rpgeeks.tmail.com. Let's go. Yes, it is. So do join us here back next Monday at seven o'clock UK time. And. It is your last chance to get it tickets is. to New Science yes. Live before we do our live show there on Sunday 9th of October at 4pm. But, you know, you can only get a ticket for the whole day. So come see some of the other stuff. <laughs> and I'm also yeah. speaking on the Friday and on the Saturday if you'd like to see one it's quarter, true. one quarter portion of the RP Geeks. I will be there on the Friday <laughs> and the Saturday as well. So actually you can see half of the RP Geeks because I'm there all the days, all the time. It still Never gets better all the time. Stop, my God. <laughs> yeah. Help me, someone, please. So, see if we survive that next week and have a great week, everyone. Wait, we, we, we may not survive the. No.
New Scientist Live? Wow. Oh yeah, for sure. Doesn't it's... sound great, does it? Help me, help me, oh god. That, oh no, that's because I'm working the whole time. <laughs> well, I hope you survive it. You know, it's gonna be a great show. Really I'm wishing you good luck. I might not. Survive, not being murdered by New Scientist Live. <laughs> well, Bear Bates's body. Oh, no. It's yeah. the last session. We'll carry her limp, <laughs> lifeless form. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> Kendall <laughs> Bernie's the, her for this RP geek The full session. gladiator. Yeah. <laughs> Bates, we you will roll, see you like, soon. Pull the rope that's on her arm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>